Christmas, everyone. Jesus, our Emmanuel, born to give us second birth. If you are a believer in Jesus, baptized in his name, you're a child of God. Child of God, and his promises are for you today. Promise for me today that I'm a child of God, and all the gifts he gives to me, life eternal because of his birth. Heaven for all of you that believe. Amen. Welcome to Faith Troy if you're watching online. Welcome to if you're at home in your pajamas or if anybody else came in their pajamas this morning. Uh, that's an awesome thing. Just uh, I'm Pastor Tony and after the service, if you're new, if it's your first time here, please, I'm going to be in the back. Come and see me. Just tell me who you are. I'd love to get to know you more uh, and just welcome you to, to church today and, and pray that God's word and song and, and also what's read will go right to, from your, into your ears, into your hearts to know how much Jesus loves you, right? That's right. Amen, amen. So also I'm going to give you a gift. So when you see me, that'd be great. Uh, but I w just one announcement, okay, because we are getting towards the end of the year, right? Uh, New Year's Eve, then New Year's Day. But 
put this on your calendar. February the 10th through the 12th is our annual marriage retreat. It's in Port Huron, the Double Tree, right by the St. Clair River. For those of you who've been married, if you're newly married, or if you've been married for 50 years, this is a great event. And it's not some session where like it's really like intense. It's a just a fun time and the, the people that plan this, Otto Casiglia, Eric Farrell, Harry Krupski, they do a great job to just help us grow in our faith so that our marriage would be stronger. So it's the 10th through the 12th. Uh, go to uh, Faith Troy events and you can see a little bit more about that and register, okay? I invite you to stand up, welcome each other, say Merry Christmas, fist bump hug, shake hands, whatever you want to do, whatever you're comfortable with, God bless you this morning. Welcome to church this morning again. I just want to say Merry Christmas. I'm Erin. I'm one of the worship leaders here. And we're just excited to get into worship this morning. What a wonderful way to start off Christmas morning by worshiping Jesus. So let's worship together. continue worship by reading these words together. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children.
700 years before Jesus is born, and in the book of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah writes this, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with just justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. And the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Let's pray. Jesus, you are not just any king. You are the king. The king that was before time began king that came into this world at just the appointed time, the set time, the time, God, that you sent your son, who is God in the flesh. So if we want to see you, God, to see you rightly, to see your majesty and glory, we look to your son who laid in a manger, a feeding trough, who grew up, who learned just like we learned without sin. So from that soft wood of a manger to the hard wood of the cross, you lived your life and did what we couldn't do. We're sinful. We're not made right with you until Jesus, you came. And so thank you for your death, for your resurrection, for your life, Jesus the one we come to each and every Sunday morning to celebrate. Holy Spirit points us to you, God, to give us faith and trust that it's not our works, but it's only in the work of Jesus. So we thank you today. We ask that you would open our ears and our hearts and minds to understand that truth, that simple message that you so loved the world that you gave your one and only son whoever believes in him would not perish but have life eternal we thank you and we praise you and this morning as we come into this place maybe some of us have joys maybe some of us have sadness all the emotions that you give to us as human beings God and sometimes we can't express it but Jesus you taught your disciples and you taught your followers us to how to pray and so we come together today as all the places all over the world do, speaking what you taught us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, and the power and the glory forever and ever. And all God's people said, amen. You may be seated. Honey, can you take this Bible? I have my own up here. Merry Christmas again, everyone. I'm so glad you're here on a Sunday. A little bit different, right? This 2022 where, where Christmas falls. But it's a privilege 
as every Sunday to speak God's word. So Merry Christmas. And as I get older, 56 years today, it seems like Christmas comes quicker and quicker every year. It just seems like that. Not the holiday itself uh, per se, but the commercialization of Christmas, I think, uh, starts earlier and earlier, sometimes even before Thanksgiving. I don't know. I don't understand that, right? We hustle and we bustle from Thanksgiving. I mean, I was just up here on Thanksgiving Day preaching. Where did that go? Thanksgiving and then through Advent and all the days leading up to Christmas, then finally the culmination last night or today or a little bit later on today, and then it's over. We wait for next year. I mean, it's, it's a small amount of time, I think, that comes and goes, right, so fast. It, it, it does that, and then we want time, more time with family more time with friends, more time with singing Christmas carols, opening presents, more, more, more time uh, with unbroken toys, maybe, or unbroken gadgets for you uh, older folks, right, the technology here, fix this for me, I always say that to my kids, you know, hook me up, right, more time off school or more time off work or more time with family traditions, favorite meals, and then Christmas time, it just seems like it flies by. So, you know what my message theme is for today? Can you guess? Time. Time. Time goes by so fast in many instances, right? Kids growing up, vacations, graduations, marriages. Sometimes, though, time moves so slowly. Time seems to stand still, right? When you've just been diagnosed with a disease. Times the, time just seems to crawl inch by when you just lost a loved one. Time really slows down. Right, you look at it, you wait for an email, you wait for a phone call when you lose a job. It just can be so slow. And time is something that we're all bound to, isn't it? We have no control. We can't hurry it up, can't slow it down. Time impacts everything we do in our lives. King Solomon writes it this way in the book of Ecclesiastes. There's a time for everything. Time for everything, a season for every activity under heaven. A time to be born, a time to die. A time to weep, a time to laugh. A time to search, a time to give up. You know that song, right? It's playing in your head from the 70s, I think it is. A time to love and a time to hate. Was that Simon and Garfunkel? Who was that? The bird? Okay. Time. Psalm 31, King David writes, I trust in you, O Lord. I say, you are my God. What's in his hands? Our times. The times that we have in life. The happy times, the sad times, the times that just move through boring, exciting, full of joy, but then full of brokenness and empty times too. We are creatures made by God that are bound by time. So it's no wonder that when God chooses to write in the Bible, he talks about a time when he's going to send his son into the world. We read it in our affirmation of faith, Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. But when the time had fully come, when the time had fully come, God did what? Sent his son, born of a woman, born under law to redeem, to buy back us, buy back from death, buy back from the devil, from our own sinfulness, to buy us back. And it's incredible to me to think about a God who exists outside of time. 
He's outside of it. He sees the past, the present, and the future, doesn't he? And he's not bound to live in any certain time. He exists outside of time, outside of the confines of time. I love the way Isaiah 57 writes it, verse 15. The one who is high and lifted up, who inhabits where? Eternity. Explain that one to me. Who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. Second Peter writes, for with God, one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. What does that mean? Right? I don't know. God knows it all. He's not bound by time. He's timeless. And then in the book of Revelation, it's sung about. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Who was? Who? You guys are awake, right, this morning? Merry Christmas. So say, who what? And who? And it is to think about that. Because we're going to talk about it. You see the chairs up here. I'm going to be calling some people up here. We're going to talk about that, okay? Well, don't worry. I'll explain later. I'll need volunteers. Today, uh, though, is a special time of the year, right? We open up God's word and we get to hear the, the same story that we hear over and over again. But it's not just a story. It's about Jesus who is timeless, who left heaven, right? The timelessness of heaven to be bound into time on this earth. So I want you to open up your Bibles, if you have for phones, wherever it is. Go to Luke chapter 2, and we're going to read this true story together. Luke chapter 2. Luke is a doctor. He's meticulous, right? He, he's, he's appreciative of details. And so he writes, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. They called it the Pax Romana, the peace of Rome. Rome ruling by force to make peace. By force. Had peace over the whole world because they were in, in power. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own, own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David. Because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. So as you read this, you know it, right? It's very familiar to all of us. This gospel writer Luke chooses to set the time in history for us. He puts a date stamp on it since this is a true story. It's dated in history. It was when the first census was taken by the Roman Empire. That's documented, right? It's verifiable. How many of you remember back in the day, the U.S. Census Bureau, right, sent representatives to your home, to your houses to collect information, ask you questions, right? I think the 2020 census was online, if you remember that. And if you didn't fill it out, they, they contact you, right, by email or by, by phone calls. But when Caesar Augustus was in power, he issued decrees that people did the traveling, right? Everyone had to travel to their ancestral home, basically, didn't matter if, if you didn't have the time. Didn't. You just, you were ordered to. That's what you do. And that's what, how God really caused Joseph and Mary to go to this little town of Bethlehem. And guess what? It was prophesied that that was going to happen. In Micah chapter 5, verse 2, it says, Oh, you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah. That's just another name for Bethlehem, right? Who are too little to be among the clans of Judah. 
from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient days. That just means timeless. That just means eternity. He's been there forever. But this is the, the prophecy that came true, that God caused that time to be a real historical event in our world. In today's world, really, uh, I mean, in our modern culture, it's very accurate, our sense of time, right? Our, our whole earth, this whole world is, is, is cut up by 15 degrees longitude. We have all these time zones, right? I mean, it, it was always, for me, when I was a little kid, I was born in the Philippines, but when I came here, we always got to talk to my, f my family in the Philippines, and they were always either 12 hours or 13, years out, or 13 hours ahead of us. Uh, and we would talk to them on Christmas Day. And in fact, I should remind me, I'll call Uncle Pedro uh, today. If you're watching Uncle Pedro, Merry Christmas to the, the, the family in the Philippines. And I know my college buddies are watching, so shout out to you in Texas, Jonas, and uh, I get to do this. In, in Kentucky, Anscar, I know you're watching this morning. Uh, but, but really, uh, 15 degrees, uh, so many times, I mean, we can all, I mean, look at your watches, look at your phones, it's exactly what, 11, 26, and you're asking yourselves, how long is he going to preach? I, I don't know, <laughs> don't know, you're just going to have to sit there, but we, we have an accurate sense of time, and Luke puts a date stamp on his writings, that's why, when is it? Well, it was when Quirinius was the governor of Syria. It was when Caesar Augustus, right, was the ruler of Rome. And so it would have been very familiar to the people who were reading this. Oh, I know. I know that time, right? It's the same thing when, when we, we met, you know, when President Biden was in office or, or when Vladimir Putin was around, is around, you know, it's just that kind of way. That's, they know. They can narrow down Jesus' birth within a few months. It was accurate timing. I don't know if you knew this, though, but it was a certain time in our history, our modern history, that archaeology almost contradicted Luke's gospel. Did you know that? That scholars, they knew the dates when Caesar Augustus reigned. They knew the dates when Quirinius was actually governor of Syria. But the times didn't match up with Luke's account. And finally, archaeologists and modern science said, ah, we got you. We got you, those Bible-believing people. It's untrue, right? Until... They found another discovery. Quirinius was governor of Syria for two terms. And exactly lined up with what Luke, you know, consistent with Luke's gospel. Just a fun fact for you today. Luke's attention to detail, right, as a historian in the political context, sharing this biographical account, this historical account of, account of Jesus is awesome. It's based on a real event in history. So the Bible, as we say to all our kids here that come to Sunday school, the Bible is true, true, true. Good job. So what's our key word for today? What's the theme? It's time. Now you guys are awake. Luke writes again. We continue reading. Verse 6. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths, placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And then an angel of the Lord appeared to them. 
and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Anointed One, the King, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, what? Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph, and the baby was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Mary, she treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. True, historical, accurate. Verse 6, again, the time came, the time came for the baby to be born. And normally, the date and time of birth, it's important, isn't it, to family and friends? When was she born? What was the wait? You know, for, especially, I think, for moms, right? They, they want to know for dads, like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> Six kids I had, right? I don't know. But it's important for family. But this birth was so important that what happened? An angel. An angel sent to announce the meaning. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people, past, present, and future. Those that were waiting for Messiah to come, those that were present for having seen him in person, and those like us who didn't see it, but we know it because it's been accurately recorded for us. And so this angelic choir says, glory to God in the, the highest peace, right? On earth to those whom his favor rests. Favor means grace. God's grace on you and me. Undeserved. Not just on an ordinary day. But on the day that God would choose as his plan of salvation. Jesus' birth, God in the flesh, is a moment in time so unique, so decisive really, that it's not possible for us to really capture the full meaning of it. I mean, that's why we get to live that Jesus' birth is, is a blessing to hear the Christmas story over and over. All right? When you're a kid, when you're Wyatt's age, right, you get to hear the story. Then all kinds of things happen in your life, right? Good, bad, all these things that cause us to open up our hearts and our minds and our ears every single year. We get to read this and try to understand the true meaning into our hearts. That's what our lifetime is for, to understand the love of Jesus that he pours out to us, to love him back, to understand, right, the, the one who is God, God our Father coming down into the flesh to die for all our sins, to take away the punishment that we deserve, to declare us to be holy and righteous, that we would have a right relationship with God the Father through the cross. Praise the Lord. I, I, I say this all the time, you, you might, I say it over, that you know what, God looks at you cross-eyed. 
You know what I mean by that? He doesn't like try to make, try to do, no, no, don't slap anybody in the back either after that. But cross your eyes, not that mean. I mean, the, through the eyes of the cross, God the Father who is in the, out of the bounds of time looks through the cross of Jesus to me, Tony Bowes, to all of you. And he says, you're my child because of that bloodstained cross. He looks at us cross-eyed. Get it? Isn't it awesome? Before we leave today, uh, I'm going to do this, okay? You see the five chairs behind me? Everybody see it? I'm going to need five volunteers, hopefully kids. And I'm going to start one at a time. And the first volunteer I picked out already, it's maybe one, maybe two. Is it going to be Caleb and Lily? Yes? Awesome. So come on up. We're going to understand this, okay? As they come up, I'm going to give them a sign to hold. Are you doing it just one together, right? Oh, you want to do two? Awesome. Okay, do, do me a favor, Lily. Sit here, but don't show anybody this yet. Okay, just sit there, and I'll, I'll tell you when. So Caleb's holding up his hold up high, uh, Caleb. The first event that I think the most significant event. So you're going to be getting five most significant events in human history. Got it? The first one is what? Creation. Thank you, Caleb. Hold it up. Good. Well done. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Right? That's what God did. He created who was there before the heavens and the earth were made? God the Father. God the Son. Through the word of God, he spoke. The spirit of God hovering over the waters, right? Three of them. But did you know that when he created the heavens and the earth, guess who also was there? Job chapter 38, verses 4 through 7. Were you there? God is kind of reprimanding Job, right? He's kind of saying, Job, were you there? When I laid the earth's foundations, who marked off its dimension? Do you know who stretched a measuring line across it? Where were its footing set? Who laid its cornerstone while the morning stars, in other words, for angels, sang together and all the angels shouted for joy? You know, biblical scholars say, based on this text, that angels were there when God was making the heavens and the earth. Heavenly beings, the heavens. Angels are rejoicing. God created the sun and the moon to govern the day and the night. There was morning, there was evening, the first day. And then there was morning, and there was evening, the second day. And you get that rhythm, morning and evening, the third day, and so on. And then the sixth day, God created the pinnacle of his creation, us. He said, this was good, this was good, this was good. But on the sixth day, he said, it was very good. And he blessed us to rule over the earth, creation. The second one, Lily's turn. Go on. Lily's ready. Jesus, birth, his birth. And if you kind of get, a, you know, the span of time between, between creation and where Lily is. Hold it up high, Lily. Well done, 4,000 years. 4,000 years. And Jesus is born. The birth of Jesus is just, you know what, today, Christmas, we didn't get that word until probably the 12th century. 1,200 years after Jesus, where it's, it's, I hear it's from the Middle English, Christ Mass. Mass just means a church service. Christmas, but also the Greek word, Christos. The first, uh, that's how really how we just kind of do it short for Christmas because the, it's the chi and the rho. Those are the first Greek letters of the, the name Christ. And so 
people just shorten it. I like to put the, the chi, but then do the row over the top of it. You know, that's kind of like our, I think you might see it over here, the chi row. Can you see this? Does this turn? Pretty cool, huh? You're learning stuff new every day, aren't you? This is great. We get to learn. Creation, his birth. Then I need one more uh, volunteer. <coughs> Karin. Calling Karin. Yes. Thank you. Um, what, do you what do you think that would be? The next one, if, if we have all God's times, right? Creation, his birth. What do you think that's going to be? This is, I'll give you a hint. This is about 30 years. What do you think it is? Go ahead. His death. The death of Jesus. In that 30-year span though, right? Jesus would have to flee. His, his family, Joseph and Mary, go to Egypt, as, as, as the Bible says, right? Because out of, out, of, uh, out of that, because he's, he's a refugee, essentially. Herod wants to kill all the babies in Bethlehem, right? He grows up then, he comes back, he lives a life under the tutelage of his father, becomes a carpenter, right? Then at 30 years old, basically, he be begins to preach. So maybe this is 30, maybe that's 33, right? So three years here, he becomes a... Uh, uh, um, a rabbi, a teacher, and his first words out of his mouth to publicly preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. And that's not one time, but be repenting, the Bible says. And so then he suffers, right? He, he has a last supper with his disciples. He goes to the garden to pray. He gets flogged and beaten and he suffers and he gets nailed to a cross and he truly dies, like literally dies, right? Because so much so that the soldiers pierce his side and blood and water come out. And they're like, why? For what? For us. His death. His death wasn't just a regular ordinary man's death, though. It was a God-man who came into the world to die and be the perfect sacrifice for us. We need another volunteer. How about you, Wyatt? Are you ready to come? So, did Jesus just stay dead? What happened, Wyatt? No, he what? He rose again from the dead, praise God. Like, in the Bible, right, so people have risen from the dead, but it took a prophet to raise him from the dead. This one, hold it up high, Wyatt. The God-man rises on his own power to show us that, right, God's kind of stamp of approval. His death was good. But because he rose again, we never have to what? We never have to die. An eternity where God inhabits is ours. That's a promise for you and for me. We get to be in heaven where there is no time. Does that blow your mind? I mean, no, I can't believe it. That brings us to the, the fifth and final one. And guess what? I don't have one picked for this, but I'm going to have one of our awesome Bible teachers come up. And instead of young people, we'll have seasoned ones. 
young at heart too. So Tim Townsend, would you thank God for, for how he leads us too in our, in our Bible classes? Thank God for Tim. So Tim, let me ask you as a Bible teacher, if we have creation, if we have Jesus' birth, Jesus' death, Jesus' rest, what do you think might that, what, what, it, what, what could it be? What does God, what does Jesus himself promise many times he's going to what? Turn it over. He's going to return. He's going to return physically, right? His second coming is what we're about. His first coming here, 4,000 years from creation to here, 2,000 years still transpired, right? When will that day come? Brothers and sisters, our lives, we don't think about much about that day, do we? We really don't think about death or his second coming too much. It's, it's almost fearful. But that's what the resurrection is about, to give us hope, right? As Christians, when somebody dies, we don't hope like the, we don't, we don't dread like the rest of the world, right? We have hope in what God promises. And did you know, here's a fun fact for you today, that four out of these five times, four out of these five times, well, before we get there, I have some Bible passages to read, okay, as we, we talk about his return Matthew chapter 24, verses 30 through 31 says this. They will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky the, with power and great glory. He will send his angels with a, trout, a, a loud trumpet call. They will gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of the heavens to the other. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 28. Christ, having been offered once to bear our sin, will appear a second time. That's his promise. And then in Revelation chapter 1, behold, he is coming with the clouds. Every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all the tribes of the earth will wail on account of him, right? When he comes again, every what? Knee shall bow and every tongue will what? Confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Those that are alive, which maybe it'll be us, will be caught up. In the clouds with him. We won't have to experience death. So come Lord Jesus. But even if that death comes for us. We have a promise. That our last breath on earth. Will just be the next one. Will be in heaven with him. Because you believe in him. You believe in his birth. You believe in his creation. You believe in his death and resurrection. And you believe in what? That he will come again. And now those now the fun fact. Four out of those five events, angels were present. Morning stars singing. You remember that? Jesus' birth, angels announcing it's so important. At we'll skip Jesus' death. But Jesus' resurrection. Jesus' resurrection says this. Remember that angel who was there on top of the, the, the tomb, right? Don't be afraid. For I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. He lays in a manger at his birth. He lays in a tomb at his death. But then he's gone. Physically, 40 days living on this earth, appearing to everybody, saying, it's real, touch me, see me, right? And then he ascends into heaven. And even as he ascends into heaven, angels say, hey, what are you looking for? This, this, this man, this God man in the flesh is going to come back just like 
he went in to heaven. Isn't that awesome? Five significant times. And at this Christmas, would you, you guys can go have a seat. Would you thank them? Thank you so much, everybody. Merry Christmas. Thank you, Caleb and Lily and Karen and Wyatt and Tim. Christmas means this, that what we yearn for, what we really need has already come. It's already come. And Jesus promised that he is here right now. When two or three are gathered, what's the promise that he makes? He's there with us. He's here right now. And we celebrate. We celebrate why he came. And we continue to ponder that as we live on this earth. And we celebrate that he's going to come again. I pray that this Christmas day you would be strengthened knowing that he loves you. That his love is stronger than death. That his plan is good. And that he rescued us. Amen. So before you leave also, we get to be strengthened. Strengthened with the true body and blood of our Lord and Savior. He said, every time you gather and you break bread together, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to promise that your sins are forgiven. If you come in today, we're going to celebrate Holy Communion. If you come joining us, what we believe about communion is that when Jesus, before his death, at his last supper, said, when you celebrate, this is truly my body and truly my blood for the forgiveness of sins. And he wants us to remember that and to receive his forgiveness through it. And so I invite you to bow your heads and just whatever is burdening you right now, would you lay it at the feet of Jesus, the one who's going to return again? Would you say to him, God, Jesus, I fall short. I don't do the things you tell me to do and the things that you tell me to do sometimes I don't do. I fall short in words and deeds and thoughts. And I need you today, God. Even on Christmas Day as we come, we're sinners and we need a Savior. promises us this, that if we say we have no sin, the truth is not in us, but if we confess that, then he, the righteous one, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. As I stand before you as really a called and ordained servant of the word, I get to announce his grace to you today. Your sins are forgiven in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. All God's people say, amen. So I invite the hospitality team to come down and honey, if you stand there, um, you're gonna, they're gonna invite you to come forward. If you can't come down for whatever reason, they'll have uh, elements in their hand to give that to you as well. There's gonna be some time where you can just have some alone time on Christmas day between you and God. If you need some prayer in your life and you kneel down after you get the elements, um, 
you just put your hands out like this, and I'd be happy to come and pray with you and for you, okay? Let me say the words that, that Jesus said to his followers. On the night when he was betrayed, Jesus took bread. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. And after supper, too, he took the cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to his disciples and said, Drink of it, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of all your sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So when you come, take and eat the body of Christ given unto death for you. Come, take and drink the blood of Jesus shed on the cross for your sins. Amen.
angels and archangels and all the company of heaven, the saints there are praising and saying, adoring, just like we are on earth. Christ is Lord. Amen. May that spirit that is in you continue to keep you in faith, knowing that Jesus is your Lord and Savior on this Christmas day and forevermore. Amen. Merry Christmas.